0: When people in the Midlands want to talk, they talk to Will Faulkner.
1: Hello, good morning. Happy Friday from a sea of balloons, green ones and navy ones and baby blue ones. And of course, they're all floating on an ocean of prizes, which you can win over the next six hours. But where can you find us today? Well, I'll tell you more in a few minutes. Also on the agenda today, what possessed somebody to deface a local TD's office with sexual imagery? Also the case of a man's body, chopped up and dumped in the woods near Eden, derry Rather gruesome court case, but this is supposed to be a feel-good Friday. So along with that, we've live music from Emer Dunn as we try and fill the final place for Irish Music Month. And we also have more live music than that. Plus, we'll be catching up on the national broadband plan. When can you get faster internet? 0818 300 is the Midlands 103 comment line. You can text or WhatsApp. 083 30 10 103. Powered by Lamb Brothers Toyota in Tullamore. Some people live the most... ...unusual lives, if you're Mr or Mrs Average, you tend to go through and you might get in a little bit of trouble from time to time, but this guy is bizarre. On the front of the mirror today, a streaker who sexually assaulted a woman he met on Tinder is now suing the prison where he was locked up. And along with that, he's training for a mixed martial arts career... Because he wants to be the next Conor McGregor. This is a guy who went out in the nip in Croke Park for all to see. And anyway, some people wake up in the morning and get the strangest ideas. That's all I can say. Scramble to halt new Covid surge is the rather ominous headline on the front of the Irish Independent. Because case numbers continue to rise. The deadline of October 22nd is just one week away that's when the government has to decide will they or won't they ease the final raft of restrictions which would include social distancing to be eased mask wearing to be eased nightclubs to finally reopen is it going to happen the mood music suggests otherwise but Professor Kingston Mills who's a Mullingar man and now spends his time at Trinity College Dublin he gives his take on the latest vaccination booster program and he says he doesn't agree with a six month gap between the second AstraZeneca dose, which many people have received and a booster which is usually an MRNA booster, either Pfizer or Moderna and you might be waiting until February if you've recently received an AstraZeneca vaccine he doesn't think that's uh, soon enough because the worst of the winter months will be in the intervening period. And, of course, the AstraZeneca vaccine is primarily given to those in their 60s who may be feeling a little vulnerable right now. Anyway, COVID very much back in the news. It had a welcome disappearance for a while, but it's dominating the front pages again. The Irish Times says ministers to push partial easing of COVID curbs. So even if we don't completely abandon mask wearing or we don't throw away social distancing in its entirety... There may be some further easing of restrictions next week, at least to keep the sense of momentum going. Those in the hospitality trade will be very much hoping they can ease the numbers uh, completely so they have full capacity. Time will tell. Now, from the COVID corner elsewhere, and this is becoming ridiculous. The plight of women in maternity wards who cannot have their partners join them even when they are in labour. And so the Irish Times highlights the case of a woman who decided that rather than giving birth completely on her own, she would go down to the car park to sit with her husband while she was in labour. And then only at the final stages did she re-enter the hospital. And this emerged in the Shannon yesterday. It was raised by Finnegale Senator Regina Doherty. She described it as discrimination against partners of pregnant women. And when you think about it, the guy can go and sit in the pub with his friends, but he cannot be present for the birth of his child. And she is wondering for how much longer this is going to continue. Do you think it is acceptable that a woman should have to leave the hospital walk outside, sit in a car while in labour just to be with somebody who is familiar to her, a friendly face. Anyway, the Coombe does not comment on individual cases according to the Irish Times. A lovely tribute to Granny Nancy appears in the Irish Independent this morning. Nancy Stewart was Ireland's oldest woman when she left this earth only a few weeks ago just shy of her 108th birthday. And her granddaughter Louise writes lovingly about her today. And Louise cocooned with Nancy through the worst of the COVID pandemic. They became really, really close. And one little pearl, and it's a long insight into Nancy's life, but one little pearl of wisdom. What kept her going, even in the darkest days, and bear in mind, this woman lived not alone through a COVID pandemic but she was also alive for the Spanish flu 100 years ago, she always had something in the diary to focus on. Always something positive, always something exciting, something over the horizon that would just keep her moving forward. And I think that's a very important message, even if it is planning a day trip, if it's going to see somebody you love, or if you have the means, maybe always have that holiday Always get your rocks off checking brochures or going online, looking at new destinations. Something to distract you from the here and now. Can't argue with that. Here are two very different stories about the same subject. One in The Independent, the other in The Irish Examiner. So The Independent interviews um, the head of the Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland, William Walsh. And he talks about getting used to washing machines being on less, the immersion being on less, that is going to be the reality of having more carbon budgets. We're only number three out of ten increases in carbon tax, so another seven years of rises to come. And he says we have to talk about energy efficiency and so on and so forth. But, of course, to have the washing machine on less or to have the immersion on less, it's all about efficient machinery and they're expensive, those A-rated gadgets compared to some of the older ones. And then on the Irish Examiner you read how households are facing an emergency in trying to heat their homes. So says the Money, Advice and Budgeting Service, as fuel costs have reached a 13-year high. And according to MABS, there are people who are just about coping at the moment. So pairing back isn't really an option for them. They've already cut their costs to the bone. So, again, it's a divide between those who have and those who have not, those who can afford the energy-efficient options and those who cannot and are effectively trapped with what they have. A little bit of good news, though, on the pricing front. Insurance has been going up and up and up in cost over the last few years, and there were changes earlier this year in the awards that would be paid out for various personal injuries. Or at least that was the hope. Would the guidelines have the desired effect? Would costs come down? And the answer is yes. The Personal Injuries Assessment Board says the value of awards is down 40% on average over the last five months. So now you can be sure the pressure will pile on the insurance companies to pass on those savings. Have you already seen evidence of it, if you've just recently renewed? Did you get a pleasant surprise when that quote came in? You're a farmer. You're, therefore, an active person. You don't see too many farmers sitting around, doing nothing. It's a physical job. They toil in the great outdoors. You're there from dawn until dusk. But why then are you seven times more likely to die from heart disease if you are a farmer? So a lot of very clever people have been scratching their heads trying to figure this one out. But the Irish Society of Chartered Physiotherapists, never heard of them before, but there's an umbrella group for just about everybody. They say we need 150 to 300 minutes Of moderate exercise every week or 75 minutes of vigorous physical activity. Now that last part is important because it seems while farmers are getting out and they're walking here and there and they certainly add up the steps, you don't necessarily get your heart rate elevated and that's the key. You have to break a sweat to get the real benefit of the exercise not sure that entirely explains why farmers would be seven times more likely to die from heart disease than the average person because the average person in an office job probably is just a sedentary if not more so than a farmer so I think they need to do, dig a little deeper and do more homework on that one or two more stories the national broadband plan which we've been looking forward to for what seems like forever is eight months behind schedule according to Dennis Nocton. Now, he's a Midlands TD. He told the Dole that we, in reality, uh, will see 75,000 fewer homes having access to high-speed broadband next year than was envisaged when the contract was signed. Is it only eight months behind schedule? To me, it seems like we've been talking about a national broadband plan and better connections for years, never mind months, anyway the chieftains will say goodbye to Paddy Maloney, indeed the whole country will remember the Piper the composer, the producer who died earlier this week he will be laid to rest in Wicklow and I'm sure it will be a very moving occasion there have been many tributes to him Mick Jagger of all people took to Twitter yesterday and described Paddy Maloney as the greatest Illen Piper On the planet. And there are others who have rode in there, and I'm sure we will be remembering him with our Friday panel a bit later. One final story, and you may have heard of this on the Main Morning News, or you can read about it on Midlands103.com. Nigel Grennan, very well known in GAA circles here in the Midlands. Lisa Grennon, musician. Uh, very much associated with Simon Casey, two very, very popular people and only two years ago did they complete their dream home, what they believed was their forever home, in Mount Temple in County Westmeath and unfortunately on the 14th of October yesterday, that house burned to the ground. Thankfully, Nigel And Lisa and their two young children, they were not in the house at the time. But you can only imagine today as they take stock of the situation just how devastated they will feel. And while you would never wish to be in that position, it may be of some comfort to them to know that a GoFundMe campaign has already raised close to 20,000 euros. Half of that came in the last two hours. So since most of us woke up this morning, 10 grand has flowed into that campaign. And hopefully it escalates and rises. And There's huge generosity. I see just one donation here for 500 euro from Cal Henderson. Incredible generosity there. So the Grennan Family Support Fund is what you are searching for if you wish to play your part and do your bit if you know Nigel or Lisa or you're just generally moved by that story. Certainly it would be a nightmare scenario for anybody. Now, if you're looking for a new job this morning, do pay attention. Midlands 103, live from the heart of Tullamore today because you will see us outside. The newly renovated and newly decorated Haven Pharmacy Fahis. And there are just so many prizes to give away over, not just the course of this morning, but Carl will be here with the afternoon show very soon as well. And you have the chance to get 10,000 points when you sign up for a rewards card today. And if you have a rewards card already, get double points on every purchase. So there, that's what's happening over the course of today, thanks to Haven Pharmacy Fahi's here in Tullamore. Now, how about some music? It is a feel-good Friday and a real treat. Somebody who's just released a brand spanking new album. Next. Eight degrees around the Midlands.
0: Midlands Today with Tullamore Motors. The all-new Renault Zoe. Live the easy electric life.
2: TullamoreMotors.ie
1: Katrina says, Will, with regard to broadband in Ireland, you cannot get a landline broadband installed anymore in rural Ireland unless it is fibre. The ADSL lines are not installed unless you are one kilometre from an exchange. Now, I've tried every provider, she says, and none will do it. So I want to know, how did we go backwards backwards? 20 years ago, we could get a dial-up line. Now, we can get nothing. So please let rural Ireland know what are the plans going forward. Well, in an hour's time, Katrina, a former minister for communications who was the architect of the National Broadband Plan, or at least heavily influenced it, he'll be trying to answer that question and hopefully you'll get a good answer from him, as I said, in an hour's time. Now, for as long as we've been talking about national broadband plans, it it feels like years. For Emer Dunn, it actually has been five years that she's been preparing to release her new album, and it's called Hourglass. Morning, Emer.
3: Good morning, Will. How are you? Very well. What did you do in those five years? (laughs) It's a good question. Saved lots of money. Um, No, I had pre-production for about two years, so I worked with a great producer, Bill Shanley, and Bill was going on tour he works at Mary Black so in between his tours in Australia and America I was catching up with him and picking out the songs and working on the arrangements and picking the keys and all of that part and then we went into studio and then obviously the last uh, 18 months happened. So. Yeah, yeah, that
1: <laughs> put a bit of a spanner in the works. It right.
3: did, indeed, it did. Like for many people, like, but uh, yeah, so it's exciting to be, have it finished now and have it to the stage where I'm ready to get it out to the world next Friday. So I can't believe it's that time already. And um, when you're looking for, at something for so long, it's exciting, but it's also um, when the time comes, it feels quick, you know, mm-hmm. so.
1: So tell us about the finished product. What sort of feel did you aim for?
3: Yeah, so I wanted to do a folk album of like meaningless, meaningful, timeless songs. Make sure I say that right. Meaningful, timeless songs. So they're songs that people will know, Scottish, American and Irish folk songs. So it's a mixture of traditional and contemporary music. Um, Songs like from Simon and Garfunkel and songs from, uh, you know, pre that, like The Parting Glass and um, Lark in the Clear Air. And then... Songs that are more contemporary, like Daisy, and then you have your up-tempo ones like Johnny Be Fair, and your Easy you have Listening. a fair ones. mix there, all right. Yeah, <laughs> fair I mean, mix. The yeah.
1: Parting glass tugs at the heartstrings so it does, much.
3: Yeah, yeah. That's the last track on the album as my little, you know, your your ending one. And um, so yeah, it's it's uh, going really well. I'm getting a huge response, which is great. Um, got some great reviews with Hot Press and Irish Music Magazine, which I have to thank them for. And Also, um, you know, some traction on on radio um, at home and abroad. So that's great.
1: We'll come back to hot press in a minute. Yeah. Tell you why in a minute. But apart from working on the album, obviously the last 18 months you've had no bookings. Is that starting to come back? And to what extent?
3: It is, it is for sure. Um, Well, I sing at weddings as well, so they came back um, bit by bit. Um, I actually have one today, so I'll be heading from here to that. Um, And also the the bookings are coming back, but for me, my focus was to get the album finished and get it launched and then do a tour, and that may be next year. Um, It is a little bit tricky because with people rescheduling and people booking, um, the venues are kind of it's kind of difficult, as you know, with everything, it's mm. difficult to plan. So um, looking really looking forward to doing that now in the, in the coming months. And
1: all eyes, of course, a week from now, 22nd of October, will the capacity restrictions be relaxed or won't they? We'll find out I over know. the next few days.
3: I'm hoping all eyes will also be on hourglass on the 22nd of October and then people yes. won't have to worry about restrictions or anything. Else. Because <laughs> your
1: launch is going ahead one way or the other. You found a COVID safe way of doing it.
3: I did. I found um, there's a beautiful venue in Mount Mellick where I'm from, the Mount Mellick Community Arts Centre and downstairs is a huge uh, theatre that people can feel safe to um, come and and be at ease and and, uh, follow their own uh, personal preferences as to how they sit and that. So um, I would love to see people and I'm very COVID conscious myself, so I hope everybody feels welcome to come and safe and can come out and enjoy something in a safe manner.
1: We can only talk so much about an album. I suppose the real test is hearing you perform. So <laughs> what have you planned for us?
3: Well, actually, I'm going to do something different, Will. I'm doing an original song, which isn't on the album, but just it's a little bit fun. It's a kind of a cheeky chappy song. It's called Proud Boy. And I wrote it a few years ago, and it's basically about a girl who likes a guy, and the guy likes the girl. But inspired
1: by real life? <laughs>
3: um, possibly, sure. We can't be telling that, but <laughs> um, it's basically the girl saying to the guy that she wants him to put up a little bit of a fight for her. You know, don't be afraid to, uh, don't be afraid to like put up a bit of a fight, and yeah, don't be too shy about it. You know?
1: Oh, so. I'm fascinated. <laughs> by <the> gossip around <laughs> Manfeli. Who is this aimed at? <laughs> Eva, in your own time, please take it away.
4: Don't be too proud, boy To say it out loud Don't be too shy, boy To stand out from the crowd Life may be a mystery And I wish you would see I wish you would see I want a boy who will fight for me Fight for me When we meet on the street Boy, stop and say hello When we move past Slow down Don't just go People, they may Stop and stare they may question and be aware, but I'm tired of games I can't explain. Don't be too proud, boy, to say it out loud. Don't be too shy, boy, to stand out from. Life may be a mystery, and I wish you would see, I wish you would see I want a boy who will fight for me, fight for me Just the other day, boy, you came my way Don't get me wrong, I won't beg you, won't beg you to stay takes time for secrets to unfold, takes time for stories to be told, and I'm tired of games I can't explain. Don't be too proud, boy, to say it out loud. Don't be too shy, boy, to stand out front. May be a mystery and I wish you would see, I wish you would see. I want a boy who will fight for me, fight for me. I want a boy proud to fight for me, fight for me. Don't be too proud, boy, to say it out loud. I like it. <laughs> hints Thank you. of Adele
1: there, you know, blending reality and...
3: Ah, um, I'll take that, yeah, yeah. Of course,
1: her new song I, lands today as yeah, well. Have you heard
3: it? I haven't yet, but I can't wait to, get to hear it. It's good.
1: So. It's really good. Yeah. So, there's something I have to tell you. Oh. Have okay. you heard of Irish Music <laughs> Month?
3: I have indeed, yeah. Yes,
1: and it's a collaboration between Hot Press, the independent broadcasters of Ireland, and also the... Broadcasting Authorities, Sound and Vision Fund, and ourselves here at Midlands 103. So over the last few weeks, we've been holding a local talent search. Very
0: good. And
1: we need to find five finalists to go forward. Uh, and one will be uh, performing at a national final. Lovely. And uh, there's a nice check to go along with it as well. And we've had four.
3: Okay.
1: And we're looking for our fifth and we're wondering would you be our fifth?
3: I certainly will. Thank you so much. Emer, <laughs> <That's> congratulations. <amazing.
1: laughs>
3: Thank you. That's brilliant. That's fantastic.
1: So Emer done and you'll find more details by the way on hotpress.com of all of our finalists um, but very soon it will be whittled down to just one. They go forward to the national final a prize fund of 5000 euro and they get their single released and airplay as well.
3: Amazing! Thank you so much. I'm chuffed to be in the in the five, so that's fantastic. Thanks in the you. meantime,
1: though, Hourglass is still going to be launched. It next is. <laughs> so, if you want to go along, what are the details?
3: So the details are doors at seven thirty, and the launch is at eight pm. And it's by uh, George Fury from the famous band The Furies is doing the official launch for me because that was my last big gig back in January twenty twenty. Um, he is indeed yeah they're fantastic musicians so um, I hope people will feel free to come along it's it's you know a safe environment and that they can have um, enjoy a night out and there'll be some uh, talk about the album and a few songs as well and the venue again Matt Mellick Community Arts Centre
1: Emer, always a pleasure Thank you, you too thanks you. Will Midlands 103 live from Haven Pharmacy Fahis in Tullamore until 3 o'clock today
0: the Feel Good Friday Roadshow on Midlands 103. Live from the relaunch of the all new revamped Haven Pharmacy Fahis on Patrick Street in Tillamoor. Stocking Amy Connolly makeup, The Handmade soap Company, Herb Dublin Candles, Irish Botanicals Candles and Diffusers, and more. Find Haven Pharmacy Fahis on Facebook. Midlands 103.
1: Much praise for Emer and many messages of congratulations to her for her new album called. Hourglass, so do check it out. Official launch in a week's time. Text says, Will, I am confused with these hospital rules because I recently lost a family member after a short illness and I could only get in to see them when they were at a low point three times in 15 weeks. Now, there were an average of 20 phone calls daily with no real update. And when I finally got somebody... um." there were no clear answers. Why is COVID such a problem at this stage? Uh, When I did get to see my family member, they were overjoyed, gave them time to loosen up a bit. I'm fully vaccinated and it will live with me for a long time that I couldn't be there more often, as we say, as we used to see each other daily before they went into hospital. Hospital rules are very, very tough on everybody. I had my father with a broken hip earlier this year and he was in and out and in and out i suppose for three four weeks and not once could i go in to visit him and you know it's very disorientating for many people especially older people to be in hospital and sometimes a familiar face is the anchor that keeps them rooted to where they should be and you wonder at times what is the lesser of all evils Uh, is it the risk of spreading covid or is there other damage done and i'm not qualified to answer that perhaps you are now, the constituency office of a Midlands TD has been vandalised with images of male genitalia. they are investigating this incident and it happened at Sinn Féin deputy circuit Clark's office in Mullingar. She's outraged and describes it as an act of misogyny and she's been sharing her feelings with Midlands 103's Robert Fahi.
5: My um, SA Hazel came into the office this morning to find the outside of it defaced with what can only be described as sexual graffiti. It was included in it was male genitalia. And it's so frustrating and I am absolutely furious. The majority of my staff are women to ask any of my staff to have to walk past this to go into their place of employment is just absolutely not on it's not something I could do and there's an awful lot of people who would have a, a, um, a level of vulnerability because of sexual violence in their past who use my office who would come in as constituents or come in to volunteer with their time and to be involved in the office and how can I as a TD ask somebody to walk past that, to come in to do that, it's absolutely unfair. And it's the same, even from a personal perspective, how do I bring my young daughters into that office until this is repainted and have to explain to them what it is that these images are outside? And the reality is, I can't remember. If there has ever been an incident of female genitalia posted outside or painted outside a male TD's office, there is not a doubt in my mind that this was misogynistic. And yet we continue to wonder why it is that we have so few women in in public life, why we have so few women in politics. And I can tell you now, male genitalia painted outside a female TD's office is not helping that, not helping that at all.
0: And you mentioned as well that it's not the first time there's been instances like this, maybe not in your particular constituency office, but around the area as a whole.
5: And it is, it's a common occurrence enough to the extent that it does create a situation where women are more conscious of their surroundings. They're more conscious of where it is that they're going. And there is a significant kickback from something like this. When you see the words that are now currently painted outside my office on a wall somewhere, it does put women on a back foot. And I want to be just clear on something. Each of my offices were chosen because they are in a brightly lit location. There's close access and to, um, to car parking from the very start when I opened the three constituency offices to the forefront of my mind was the safety of myself and my staff and yet this will absolutely create um, an element almost of intimidation of, of second guessing ourselves as to whether or not it is safe for us to leave those offices in in an evening time and it would be quite late often that we would leave it could be 10 o'clock at night it could be 11 o'clock at night when you're leaving the office and we would be there on our own sometimes depending on what's going on that week So that undercurrent of fear, that that lack of feeling like you're safe, is something that I just can't excuse. There is no excuse for this whatsoever. None.
0: And obviously, as you mentioned to me previously, like at the end of the day as well, you're an employer to your staff. You have other constituency offices. Now you have to wonder, is this going to happen in other places? Is it targeted against you directly or what's going to happen Mm there?
5: And I had to ring each of my other offices this morning and the women who are in there, to tell them what it was that was after happening and to advise them as an employer who has a duty of care to our staff to be more aware of their surroundings, to be that little bit more cautious of, of their personal safety for the coming days because we don't know what the motivation is behind it. None whatsoever.
0: And the good part of it, I guess, from your point of view, is that you do have CCTV, so hopefully that will be able to help the Gardaí with their inquiries.
5: Hopefully it is, but it's the mentality behind this that has me so deeply concerned. When did it become appropriate and when did it become any form of entertainment to put this level of sexual graffiti outside of, of an office or outside of the business premises? That's not on. It's abs- it's absolutely it isn't on. This isn't the case of somebody coming along and tagging a building with their initials. This is quite graphic, what's outside my office at the moment in Mullingar. And it is going to have to stay there until I am in a position to get somebody in to paint it, to cover it up. Now, I am all in favour of good street art, but this is neither good nor art.
1: Sinn Féin TD, Sir clark not a happy camper and you can understand why. Midlands 103 coming live from Haven Pharmacy Fahy's on Patrick Street in Tullamore. They're newly redecorated, newly renovated, and today they have prizes to be won from Irish companies in makeup, health, well being, oils and diffusers, jewellery, tanning, and so much more. So stay listening for details of that. Now, we heard Emer Dunn a little bit earlier moving to international musicians, and it's a big day for fans of Adele as her new song has landed called Easy on Me. The build-up to this has been a masterstroke. So it began with many global landmarks being lit up with the number 30. Everything from uh, the Coliseum in Rome to the Empire State Building in New York City. That was all they revealed, the number 30, but everybody knew what they were getting at. Keith Marshall runs 2545 Records in Mullingar. What do you think of the build-up, Keith? Good morning.
6: Uh, I think the bill has been fantastic, yeah. it's been great. And um, obviously, huge excitement around anything Adele does. And she's a massive, massive artist, and um, really looking forward to, it, to the new album.
1: Now, the song got its first airplay here on Midlands 103 on Breakfast with Anne Marie. Um, very much a piano arrangement, quite characteristic of Adele. How do you rate it? I
6: think it's pretty good. Um, I, I don't know, I, I'll probably have to give it a few listens just to see what I really think of it. But uh, I think it's pretty good. It's very characteristic, as you said, of, of what she does, you know. That's her thing, really, isn't it, the, the piano ballad?
1: And what has she been doing in these intervening six years, do we know?
6: Uh, I, well, I think she's left London, anyway, and moved to L.A. and um, Bought quite a large mansion out there, and... Um, and I think yeah that she's gotten divorced I think recently, which is the kind of the primary primary focus of the of the new material. So I, I I think there might be a few piano ballads if that's the case.
1: Yes, probably indeed. Give us a sense of her popularity for from a, the perspective of somebody running a music store.
6: Oh, she's huge. I mean, what 15 Grammys? Um, this is her fourth album, I think. Yeah, 15 Grammys, four albums. Her last album in the first week alone sold almost three and a half million, and 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 over since it was released, I think it was, 2000, was it 2015 or last record came out. Like yeah,
1: 2015.
6: Twenty two million worldwide, um, and I remember I was working for another music retailer when her last record came out, and it was a similar kind of time of year, just before Christmas, which is. You know, it's probably the best time to release anything. And uh, it just was impossible to keep it on the shelf, you know.
4: It literally flew out the door. Well, you'll be hearing a lot of
6: it
1: over the next few weeks.
6: weeks. Sorry?
1: I said we'll be hearing a lot of it over the next few weeks and that album launch very much anticipated. Keith, unfortunately, the clock is counting down against us. Hope all is going well in the business. Thanks for taking our call. Thanks for the call, Will. Good to talk to you. Mind yourself. Cheers. That's Keith Marshall from Mullingar, You'll find him at uh, 33.45 Records. Why did I say 25.45? 33.45 Records to give the shop its proper name. The 10 o'clock news is next.
0: Midlands Today on Midlands 103 with Tullamore Motors. The all-new Renault again. Feel the drive. TullamoreMotors.ie
1: Well, good morning from an ocean of happy faces and people smiling and everybody in good form and waving too. How lovely it is to see this again. A big celebration taking place here at Haven Pharmacy Fahy's in Tullamore. And still to come this morning, we ask the former Minister for Broadband why the plan is so far behind schedule. Our little awfully girl had to be airlifted to hospital. Her family wants to thank the emergency services. Another job well done by paramedics. Nice to highlight the good news. And also the young couple who watched their home burn to the ground in County Westmeath yesterday. They'd only been in it for two years. Thankfully, nobody injured and a community is rallying to help them. When you call 0818
5: Feed me now!
1: Oh, you know what that means.
5: Feed me now!
1: Mulhall Meats! The wheel of meat is back! This is epic. It is so, so popular. Every time we do this, and of course, Mulholl Meats are celebrating 90 years in business, and they wish to give back, not alone today, but also next Friday in what we will call a sirloin celebration. So, 50 euro worth of whatever meat the wheel lands on. Now, how do you win? Well, send me a text, tell me who you are, where you're listening. We could be calling you back very soon, and you can spin The wheel of meat. It might be some delicious saucy sausages. Some beautiful burgers. It could be 50 euro worth of dog bones. We don't know. We'll find out very soon. Now, um, oh, and also the Friday panel shall take you through all the big news of the last seven days. Let's get up to date with a rather gruesome court case that is underway at present. And you may recall going back five years ago at this stage... The remains of a man were found in the Rahan Woods, just outside Eden, Derry. but this was a very brutal, brutal incident. Frank Grady is our court's correspondent. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Will. Can you set out this case for us?
7: I will, and I, I'm very conscious of of the time of day as well. This is a very disturbing case. Some of the details that have been heard over the past few days um, are very upsetting, um, the man on trial is a 38-year-old man called Stephen Penrose, um, a Dublin man. He's accused of murdering uh, Philip Finnegan, who was 24 years of age at the time of his death, at, as you mentioned, Ratton Woods uh, on August 10th, 2016. Opening his case earlier this week, the prosecuting barrister, Brendan Gretton, gave the jurors an overview of the case that he's going to present over the next uh, five or six weeks. And he said... Uh, that it will be alleged that on that day, August 10th of 2016, uh, Philip left his home in Dublin. Um, he was living in a flat with his mother, not far from the courthouse where I'm speaking to you from today. Um, she, He told her that he was going to meet Stephen Penrose. Now, she had met Stephen Penrose on one other occasion. She knew that they were friends. Um, She did become a bit concerned later in the day when she tried to contact him by phone and couldn't get a hold of him. She said that his phone was either off or out of service. Um, And she waited until later that evening. Then he was due to sign on as part of bail conditions, we heard, at a local guard station. When he didn't sign on, she became very concerned and she went down and she reported him as a missing uh, person. It would take another three weeks, though, before um, they found... Uh, Philip Finnegan, um, his remains were found again in very dense um, woodland there in, in Rathen, in uh, County Kildare. Um His body had been decapitated, we heard. There were also attempts to cut up his body and to burn his body. He was found in a shadow grave by a man out walking his dog. We heard separately then that, that on the day that he went missing, three weeks beforehand, Brendan Grehan, the prosecuting barrister, told the jurors that They'll hear evidence, and indeed we heard this evidence yesterday uh, from a paramedic that um, Stephen Penrose presented himself at a fast food restaurant uh, seeking, this is in Kilcock in County Kildare, he was seeking medical assistance for an injury to his left wrist. We heard that he was bleeding quite profusely. A guardy arrived at the scene, he declined at that point to give any explanation as to how he got at that injury, he didn't make a complaint. He was taken to hospital, transferred to Beaumont Hospital in Dublin for surgery. And we heard that Gardaí visited him then uh, the following day. And he did speak with an inspector, Aidan Hannan, who gave evidence yesterday. And uh, when asked what happened to him, he said that he had been with uh, Philip on on the day of August 10th, that they had travelled to a location near Kilcock um, on the way to uh, from Enfield. And at that location, he said, he and Philip met a number of other men in a vehicle, pulled up behind a car. He said Philip got out, walked over to uh, those people that he had arranged to meet. And at the same time, he said that a man approached the car. He was sitting in the driver's seat, Stephen Penrose said, and he told them that he was stabbed through the window. He said that he immediately drove away and that when he did, he saw the men beating um, Philip Finnegan. He said that he saw them hitting him with an iron bar or a hammer as as he made uh, his escape. Now, We heard about an extensive search um, at the woodland and a number of items were found there. Um, We'll hear evidence about those in due course, but Mr Gretton, in his opening address, gave an overview of what was found. Um, He said there was clothing found. Uh, He described a large knife being found uh, during the search and also a bloodied glove. And he said DNA analysis of uh, the blood that was found on that glove was a match, uh, he said, for the accused man, uh, Stephen Penrose, and we'll hear evidence of... Of the forensic from a forensic expert later in the trial, we heard that um, Mr Finnegan was stabbed uh, a number of times, and and, and that's how he died. Uh, Stephen Penrose has pleaded not guilty to the murder charge. It's the trial. It's a trial that started a couple of days ago, but it will be a long trial. As I said, it is expected to take up to six weeks.
1: Is he representing himself?
7: He is, well, um, we heard at the outset of the trial that he is dispensed with the services of his legal team so he is actually representing himself um, as is his entitlement. He's, you know, legally there's there's no issue with any lay litigant or lay citizen uh, representing themselves in, before the court. So he has been representing himself. Um, the prosecution is presenting its case at the moment but clearly... Um, Mr Penrose like any defence barrister would be entitled to cross-examine witnesses if they so wish as part of their defence he did cross-examine Angela Finnegan yesterday Angela Finnegan is the mother of the man that he is accused of murdering um, she took the stand yesterday and in her evidence to Brendan Gretchen she um, outlaid what happened uh, on, on that day, her last exchanges with her son, she said that uh, she saw him that morning, he was in good form, he told her again that he was going to meet Stephen Penrose, uh, he was going to course in Dublin, left at about quarter past nine, uh, she said, the last thing that he said to her was what he was wearing that day and she said that he was wearing a stab vest uh, underneath his top. Um, she did say that he, he had got into some difficulties over the years and as I mentioned he was appearing in court that day. He was signing on regularly at the local Garda station and she said that when she tried to contact him she knew there was something wrong. When she couldn't get a hold of him she knew there was, they were very close um, and that he'd always try and contact her throughout the day. They would have spoke a number of times. When the opportunity then presented itself to the defence to cross-examine uh, the witness, Stephen Penrose did take that opportunity. He got up from the dock. He spoke from uh, the lawyer's bench, cleared his throat, moved close to the microphone and he began by apologising uh, to Angela for having to ask uh, some questions and he asked her about a slagging match between her son and another man. Uh, this was contained in the statement that she made to Gardaí after his disappearance and he he spoke about an interaction on the phone with a prisoner from Portlaoise Prison. Uh, he said that this man had, had threatened her son from prison said that he was going to take him off the map and have his head blown off. And he asked her if she recalled that conversation, and she said that she did. And he asked if he believed that this man was involved in what happened to her son. And she said, yes, I do. Now, Brendan Graham took the opportunity to reply to the cross-examination by asking Angela if this person that Stephen Penrose was talking about, the person that made this phone call from Port leash Prison, he asked if this person was still in prison at the time that Philip went missing and at the time that his body was found, and she confirmed that he was.
1: We will watch this with interest. It's going to be a long case, and thank you for sparing us some of the more gory details. Frank Graney, our court correspondent, we'll talk soon. Good morning,
7: Will. Good morning, will.
1: Now, next on Midlands 103, a good news story. These are supposed to be feel-good Friday roadshows, and This is the story of a little girl who had to be airlifted to hospital, but her family was incredibly impressed with the professionalism of the emergency services. And we have heard over recent months of delays to ambulances arriving. And and that has to be highlighted as well, of course. More a reflection on the resources rather than on the people concerned, of course. And also today, how a community is rallying and... I believe over €20,000 has now been raised for the Grennan family in Mount Temple. Nigel, very well known in GAA circles. Lisa, in the music fraternity. And unfortunately, yesterday, only two years after it was completed, their family home burned to the ground. A lot to take stock of for that family. But what's most important... Neither Lisa nor Nigel, nor their two young children, were in the house at the time. Nobody injured. Anything material, of course, can be replaced. And a GoFundMe campaign should make that a little easier. It is now almost 20 past 10.
0: Midlands Today on Midlands 103 with O'Brien's Mullingar. The all-new Renault Cajar. Start living. P.O.Brien.ie
1: and, you know, they have the nicest customers as well. We're meeting some lovely people here today. And, for instance, hello to Brian and to Anne-Marie in Cluna. Nanny Jackie just dropped by and she wants to send you lots of love because we know you're waiting very patiently for a special arrival. So she's thinking of you. Also, a huge hello to all the Dons in Killurin. That's from Maria Here in Haven Pharmacy Fahis. And I see Sandy, who's a member of the team as well, and she's walking around with the most fabulous, fabulous little hamper of goodies. And the first person to charge up to Sandy and say, Haven Pharmacy Fahis relaunch, is going to win that. So if you're near Patrick Street in Tullamore, don't crash the car, don't trip over, but go up to Sandy and say, Haven Pharmacy Fahis relaunch you're going to win something really, really, really nice. That's a promise. (laughs) There's a lady here with a doggy. Are doggies allowed in there? Not sure. Anyway, what is still on the agenda today? The Friday panel shall take you through all the big news of the last seven days. Also, we ask the former Minister for Broadband why the plan is so far behind schedule. But time to give credit where credit is due. An awfully girl is recovering after being airlifted to Crumlin Hospital. She's just nine. Ava is her name. And she has brittle bone disease. And unfortunately, broke her femur after a fall in school. Now, this is a genetic condition. It only affects one person in every 20,000. But very serious when it happens. And Midlands 103's Kaylee Hardyman spoke with Jenny Carroll and her daughter about being taken from Furban to the hospital.
8: I wasn't there, it was um, during school so if it fell in the school called me um had hadn't moved her so when I went up and realised that it was her femur, more than likely was broken, so I decided to just call the ambulance and they made the decision then to call the, the air corps supposed to come and bring her to Crumlin. It was easier. We got to we got to Dublin by helicopter and then an ambulance met us and brought us to Crumlin. Um, and when we got there, she was brought straight in and she was seen immediately, which was great. Um, she was sent for her X-ray, and the rabbit tail straight away it was broken then. So it was, just, it was just a matter of waiting in A&E then for a bed on the ward. Um, but they, they were very helpful though in A&E as well. She was kept very comfortable. It wasn't unusual, I suppose, for Ava to break a femur, but it is quite a traumatic experience for a child to break a femur, even for an adult. It would be quite painful. Um, but she's 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 good now, so we can't complain too much. She's on the mend. How is her recovery going? They, they were so good in Crumlin; they they couldn't have been any more helpful to her. Um, she's good. She's on the mend now. She's happy to be home. Um, she'll be at home for a while anyway before she goes back to school. Can you just tell me a bit about brittle bones, um, disease? Um, so brittle bones disease this means that um the body doesn't produce enough collagen, so that the bones are softer, be easier to break. So she's had quite a few breaks and um, but she had a break for two years there where she didn't break anything and she was quite good. But it just happened to be unfortunate that she fell just running in school and did break the femur. Um, so it was quite a big break. It was quite traumatic for her, but well, she has broken her femur before, but she was only a baby um. so she didn't quite remember what the seriousness of it was. Um, but when I knew that she couldn't move the leg. I partly guessed then it was a fracture in the femur. How much school do you think Ava's going to miss as a result of the recovery? Um, well, she's she's out a week now, so she'll be another two, at least three weeks out of school before she can go back. It all depends on her mobility then and her pain-wise, how she's doing, um, but she doesn't mind. What was it like
2: being in the helicopter? It was grand, it wasn't bumpy, and I liked it because I was high up and I never got to go in a helicopter before. They were really nice. It was really, like, you had to wear these special headphones. We didn't get to the hospital straight away. We landed in a field and then I took an ambulance. It Was it scary? No, but when you were landed, the door was halfway open. Wow. And, and did that not scare you? No. Oh, you're very brave, aren't you?
8: Yeah. Do you mind missing out on school? I'm very happy. <laughs> and and do you just like relaxing at home? Yeah. And what else do you like doing at home?
2: I'm playing Fortnite.
1: So to all the paramedics and to all concerned, well done. And hopefully she's on the mend very soon. That's little Ava from Forban. That report by Midlands 103's Kayleigh Hardiman. Midlands 103 is live today from Haven Pharmacy Fahis on Patrick Street in Tullamore and everybody's so happy and no wonder because there are loads of prizes being given away. Even a doggy got a prize there a minute ago. And today you have the chance to get 10,000 points when you sign up for a rewards card or if you already have a rewards card, get double points on every purchase today. We're celebrating it being newly renovated, newly redecorated, looking fabulous as are all the staff, of course, have to say that, or they'd give me the dirty looks. Now, why is the National Broadband Plan up to eight months behind schedule? And depending on where you live, you might say, is it only eight months behind schedule? It feels like a lot more. Let's get into the detail next.
0: Midlands Today on Midlands 103 with Tullamore Motors. The Renault Capture. Capture life. TullamoreMotors.ie
1: More bad news, unfortunately, if you are waiting for high-speed broadband to come to your door. It's being claimed 75,000 fewer homes than expected will be connected to the high-speed network by the end of next year. In effect, the rollout is eight months behind schedule. Or so says independent TD Dennis Naughton, who is also a former Minister for Communications, and this was in his brief at one time. Deputy Nocton, good morning. Good morning, Will. What's causing this delay? Well, the delay is, first of all, when the
9: contract was signed in November of 2019, the contractor set out that by the end of 2022, there'd be 205,000 uh, homes uh, with access to high-speed uh, broadband fibre. fibre. Uh, as of the, the budget this week, we're now told that that will just be 130,000 uh, homes. So that's 75,000 homes that will be left uh, high and dry as a result of this and that has a knock-on impact uh, for people that are further uh, down the line. Now I raised this with the Thonish Lee of Ad and the Doll yesterday, and the reasons that he gave to me were firstly that there was uh, a delay in getting essential workers into the country, uh, staff that were doing the work due to travel restrictions. But the reality is that all of those staff were exempt under, under the quarantine rules. The other reason that he gave was that the de- there was delays in the issuing of licences uh, for poles and ducks. Uh, by local authorities. So in order for any uh, telecoms company to uh, replace poles or to lay ducks, they need to get a, a road opening license uh, from the, the county council. Now, this is an issue that I was directly involved in uh, when I chaired the broadband task force, which had all of the local authorities represented on it, all of the telecommunications companies. And there was a strategy being put in place to ensure that there wouldn't be a delay once the contract started to roll out. However, the last time that broadband task force sat was on the same month that the contract was actually signed, uh, and no engagement was took place uh, formally with the local authorities after that. And that seems to be the significant biggest reason why uh, there was a six-month delay. Why that has gone from six months, uh, which was what the contractor said last month at the DAL Committee, an eight month delay now we've got absolutely no explanation for that however the one thing i do know is that the broadband plan straddles two government departments with the ministers responsible our ministers heather humphreys and eamon ryan they're in charge of five different government departments the department of the environment climate and communications, the Department of Rural Community Development and the Islands, the Department of Transport, the Department of Social Protection and the Department of Justice. But the minister that actually answers the questions in the Dáil in relation to the delivery of the the fibre network is the Minister of State at the Department uh, of Public Expenditure and Reform, uh, Oisín Smith. So it seems to me uh, what's happening here is even though this is the most significant investment that will take place in rural Ireland uh, in this century, there is nobody actually responsible. Everyone is in charge, so no one is in charge.
1: Let's try and unpack some of those issues. So the first delay, COVID related. Let's assume uh, some uh, sympathy here because that was unforeseen, nobody could have predicted it. The matter of delays uh, in in the ducting, in applying to uh, county councils for permission, was that not factored into the original timetable? Because could it not have been foreseen that, much like applying for planning permission, that there would be a certain window of time it would take?
9: Absolutely and that's why remember that the contract was signed uh, in November 2019 uh, but the plan was that it would be uh, 2021 before the first houses would actually be connected. Now in fairness I think a handful of houses were connected in December uh, of, of 2020 but the plan was that the first connections were going to take place in 2021 because it took time, or 2020, because it took time uh, to to wrap to up. Sorry, 2021, uh, this year. Uh, it took time to wrap up uh, in terms of scale to uh, get the staff in place. And remember that, you know, the COVID restrictions didn't come in until March of 2020. Um, and the reality is that, uh the uh, workers that are involved in the national broadband plan even under level five were considered essential workers and c- could continue to work uh, throughout uh, that period so I don't think that particular one holds water. In terms of the licensing, yes, you are 100% correct. This was an issue that was flagged very early on. Uh, When I went into the Department of Communications, I established the Broadband Task Force, which brought together the representatives of all the local authorities, all of the state and semi-state agencies, the relevant government departments and the telecommunications companies so that we could iron out these bottlenecks well in advance of the delivery of the, the broadband plan. And that particular task force did a significant amount of work. Uh, for example, one of the things that was done uh, was putting a fibre duct uh, along our, our road network. And many of you uh, listeners would remember that uh, last year there was a hold up on the motorway coming from Gadd uh, back towards that where contractors were actually laying that duct uh, on the side of, of the road. And that has been done right across the country. But the difficulty is that task force sat for the last time in November of 2019, just as the contract was signed. So there was no one keeping an eye on what was going on, who was delivering and where the blockages were since the ink went dry on that contract.
1: Tawnishnilig over Adkar has said 60,000 homes will be connected this year. Work is being done to try and regain any lost ground. Now, you're very familiar with this. If you were being constructive, what would you suggest to him and to government widely to speed this up and get it back on track?
9: Yeah, well, first of all, I, 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 let me make one point and i answer that question for you then because I think this is important for listeners. The uh, Tanishpa has said that the, the government will make up the, the slippage of eight months uh, over the next couple of years. The difficulty is the programme for government last June 12 months said that the government were going to fast track uh, the project. Now we find that it will be into year four before the slippage that we've seen already uh, will actually be made up. What needs to be done? The first thing that needs to be done is the Taoiseach of this country, uh, Mihal Martin, needs to decide what minister is in charge, who is accountable, and give them legal authority uh, to drive this plan forward. Because, as I've said, we have Uh, Three ministers across six government departments uh, involved in this at the moment. The book has to stop with one individual. The second thing that needs to happen is that we need to have a cabinet minister chairing the broadband task force that needs to be immediately reconvened to bring in all of the local authorities and the key players in relation to this to identify the particular bottlenecks and have them addressed as a matter of urgency. Those two things alone would make a significant difference in actually delivering on this project because the reality is there is no one in charge, the book stops with no one and no one is dealing with the problems and bottlenecks that are being created.
1: Dennis Naughton, appreciate your time. He's an independent TD for Roscommon Galway, a former Minister for Communications. On 083 30 10 Uh, powered by Lamb Brothers Toyota in Tullamore, you're welcome to have your say about your own broadband speed and the particular dilemmas that you are facing. Now, let's find out who is going to spin the wheel of meat. Yes, there's huge excitement about the wheel of meat. You're looking at me very sceptically. But there are many, many prizes on this from Mulhall Meats in Portlaoise and it's worth 50 euro. Now, I hope you don't get a booby prize. We've got sirloin steaks and saucy sausages and lots of delicious stuff. But, you know, you could win 50 euro worth of liver either. Actually, I quite like liver. Don't know what people have against it. Anyway, your chance to play next.
0: Midlands Today on Midlands Win Three with O'Brien's Mullingar. It's official Westmeath. No county loves Renault more p.obrien.ie.
4: The Wheel of Meat
1: with Mulhall Meats at Mulhall Super Value Port Leash serving quality meats to the people of County Leash for over 90 years.
4: Midlands 103
1: I really hope that guy doesn't go up to the counter in Mulhall Meats. He sounds scary. They're celebrating 90 years in business and wish for you to win. And if you haven't succeeded either on breakfast today or... Or here on the Midlands Today Show, well, Carl will have more in his sirloin celebration from 12. Also, Roy. It's not Roy, actually. It's Niall from 3 o'clock today. But they have a special customer loyalty celebration from October 21st to 23rd. So from their Ballyroan farm to your fork, Mulhall Meats believe in the best locally sourced Irish beef. Who have we got listening on line one? Lily Lowry, how are you?
10: Hello
1: there, how are you? I'm in grey form. How's everybody in Mount Melick today?
5: Great so far.
1: What are you up to?
5: Well, I'm just. I've thrown the dogs out the backyard so that I can hear you better. I'm <laughs> so sitting in the kitchen waiting.
1: Would the dogs like 50 euro worth of delicious bones?
5: I'm sure they would, but I think we'd like it better
1: you might prefer 50 euro worth of sirloin steak or 50 euro worth of saucy sausages is there any meat oh, you don't like lily
5: not at all anything that's there we'll eat
1: you'll even take the 50 euro worth of liver uh
5: yeah uh, not all
2: liver <laughs> not in one <laughs> go not
1: in one sitting let's spin that wheel and see what you are going to win 50 euro worth of beautiful burgers.
4: Oh,
5: thank you.
1: So now you need people to share them with.
5: Oh, we have plenty of them. I'm one of 16.
1: Oh, right. (laughs) No shortage of mouths to feed.
2: No, not. There is
1: not. Lily, you have a great day.
2: I have
5: six children as well, so.
1: 30. Okay, we may spin that wheel again at this rate. <laughs> Take care, Lily. That's Lily Lowry from okay. Mount Meleg. winning Thank you very on the. Much. You're very welcome. Winning on the wheel of meat with Mulhall Meats, established way back in 1931. Which the Feel is... Good
0: Friday Roadshow on Midlands 183. Live from the relaunch of the all-new revamped Haven Pharmacy Fahy's. On Patrick Street in Tullamore. stocking Amy Connolly Makeup. The handmade Soap Company. Herb Dublin Candles. Irish Botanicals Candles and Diffusers and more. Pharmacy Fahy's on Facebook. Midlands
1: 103. Certainly before the time of Joe Hughes. <laughs> because he's a transition year student at Colostocollum in Tullamore. Aren't you meant to be in class?
2: Uh, well, well, I have a special project that the TYs in de Cullum have been working on, and I'm here to discuss it with you.
1: Oh, and they granted you planning permission to come down out of class and reveal uh, everything. Yeah. So, what is this special project?
2: So, in a nutshell, the Goshka students in TY are setting up a horse box charity shop. So, we've been donated a mobile, charity, a mobile I for Williams horse box mm-hmm. uh, by an anonymous donor... And we've decided to set up a charity shop out of it with all funds going to Mary's Meals, a charity that feeds children in the third world. Uh, we brought this project to Mr O'Sullivan at the start of the year and we're surprised he, did, he, did, he didn't flinch once. Like he said, <laughs> I'd say, I think he's still relieved there's not even a horse up there now. <laughs> um,
1: so. Well, indeed, how did you fill the horse box?
2: We wrote letters to local businesses in the town and we were shocked by the response we got. We got letters from Tyrrell's Home Bakery, Little Aldi, Dunn's Stores, all offering to donate the stock to us, meaning that we don't have to have any expenditure out of the horsebacks and all of it is, all of our profits are going straight to Mary's Meals.
1: Well, that's the philosophy of Mary's Meals keep costs low uh, at the moment they're running at about 95 euro donated going directly to those who need it in the third world I know Paul Galvin in Offaly very much a champion of Mary's Meals. Why did you pick that as a cause?
2: Well Mary's Meals is a charity that we just we thought was it's an incredible charity it costs 9 cent to feed a child for a day that's 18.30 for a whole school year mm. so We were just up in the school and a guy was saying he spends 18 euro on a haircut. So it'll tell you the contrast but we just, this project, this initiative is by kids for kids. So we're just a bunch of school kids trying to help kids the same age as us in a different country in a worse situation. So how
1: can we help you succeed?
2: Well, we're calling out to anybody listening today, parents on board of managements, teachers, principals, parents, even students. If you, um, if we're, this horse box is f- available for anybody to take, use in their school, and y- t- you can use our horse box to raise money for charity. Mary's Meals, we'd like you to use it for Mary's Meals, but we think it's a great project for any TY students, any students to take on for a charity of their of their need or cause.
1: If I want to support the charity shop, where do I go? Where do you I go find it? go
2: Mary's Meals. Uh, we have a .ie and we have a .com website, and we can go on there and we've... Different fundraisers there. We have uh, fundraisers that you can donate your uh, money to, which is eighteen thirty for ho- to feed a child for a whole school year. Um, and uh, that, in a nutshell, that's what we're doing.
1: So, how long does the project run for?
2: Well, Goshka uh, runs for fourteen weeks. So the Goshka students are going to take this on for fourteen weeks. But we're hoping that Mr. O'Sullivan, the principal in our school, will allow us to keep it on there and. We're having our grand opening today. We've invited uh, the local press, um, a few local celebrities, business people, politicians to come up to our school at half twelve. We're inviting anybody listening on the radio now to come up, have a chat with our lads, have a snack and just meet a few, of meet us and see what we're all about.
1: Looking forward to it. Final question. How did he spend 18 quid on a haircut?
2: <laughs> what does it look like? <laughs> Did he oh, get a colour? Yeah, a perm? Uh, what are doing now? Uh, I just want to say a big thanks to my brother Peter. Peter put in the time and effort. Peter wrote to the anonymous donor asking for this horse box. Don't ask me how he got the idea for it, but mm. uh big thanks to him and a big thanks to Tony McCormick, Print Plus. There's a few more. I'll, uh, I'll have to thank them in person. Uh, the manager of... Uh, Duns, Jamie Downey, and Miles Shortall, a past pupil who was influential in us getting stuck, along with Anne and Ashling McCormack of Tyrrell's Homebacon, and John Hughes in the Bridge Centre. Hope
1: you've covered everybody. It's dangerous <laughs> when you start making lists <laughs> that you leave somebody out. And well done for ignoring my nonsense. Mm-hmm. That is Joe Hughes. He's a transition year student at Colosh to Cullum in Tullamore. Best of success with the project, sir.
2: Thanks a million, Will.
1: Now, the latest news is next at 11. 103. And you can win cash. Cold hard cash to spend here at Haven Pharmacy Fahis. Newly refurbished, newly redecorated and giving away rewards points like they're going out of fashion today. It'll only take you 30 seconds. So send me a text telling me who you are and where you are listening and at random you could be winning 25 euro to spend here. 083 3010 103 on text and on WhatsApp. Now... This is heartbreaking in so many ways, but heartening in the sense that a community is rallying in the most phenomenal way to help out a couple who only two years ago completed their dream home in Mount Temple in County Westmeath, but unfortunately yesterday watched on as it burned to the ground. Now, what's important here? Nobody injured. Uh, nobody in the family injured at least Lisa, Nigel, Grennan, their two young children they were not in the house at the time unfortunately one of the uh, firefighters uh, suffering injury uh, during the attempt to bring the blaze under control but a GoFundMe campaign as I speak has now raised 36,175 euro now in the last four hours that has Increase by nearly thirty thousand euro. That's the rate at which people are donating hand over fist in huge numbers and with immense generosity. Let's find out a little bit more about uh, Nigel and indeed his family and what has happened here. Uh, John Dolan is a local councillor. John, I understand you helped them get the planning permission for this house. Good morning.
10: I would, I would have, I would have um, um, been involved. already I know at all these, uh in particular, and, and uh, the Terrell family for a long time. And um, uh, I suppose there were the, she got a, a sight off her uncle and um, they built a lovely house. And I remember being in it uh, in 2019 when the local election was going on and it was absolutely fabulous house and doing a great job in it. And it was just, I suppose, it was so devastating to hear the news yesterday evening of what happened. But I suppose, as you say, at least they weren't they, they weren't uh, hurt or injured and look at I suppose on the positive a house can be rebuilt uh, I know it mightn't feel like that today but um, at least none of the, their cells or their lovely children were, were hurt in, in this uh, will so but uh, totally look at I suppose to say the whole area is devastated for them because they will be a very popular couple and very popular families uh, in both areas and um, you know, uh, look at the both of them have been known in their own field, United was a footballer and for Optley and Lisa have been well known as a singer there. She has a duet done with Simon Casey actually recently Mm. uh, before all this happened. So look at, I suppose we're all devastated. But as you say, um, I suppose, look at, in fairness, uh, last night I believe there was a meeting held in Mount Temple at 8 o'clock and uh, I mean, uh, so far you've seen what's raised and I suppose... It's when people are at their lowest, I suppose, that uh, communities like, like Mount Temple and the wider area rally around, and that's what they're doing, and it's great to see. And, uh, but uh, anyone that knows the couple and uh, they'll know what I'm saying is uh, well-deserved to support them because they really are a lovely family, and uh, I think we, we all have to do what we can to help you now
1: indeed and credit to the firefighters and indeed our thoughts with Absolutely, uh, the I individual who was injured that. but I, I believe making a, a good recovery they were there for 7 hours trying to get yeah. the fire under control crews from Athlone, crews from Mullingar and anyway eventually they managed to uh, quell yeah, the and, fire uh,
10: and I suppose well it just, it just shows like the, the firefighters go every day and put their lives at risk to, to help us and I suppose uh, look, we, we we probably don't appreciate it enough of, of what to do, um, you know, in fairness. Uh, look, they've done their job here and uh, no one was injured or other than the fireman, but I believe he'd be OK.
1: I want to also bring into the conversation Father Joe McGrath. He's the curate in Mount Temple and very much one of those leading the charge to rally the community and get this fundraiser up and running. Father Joe, good morning.
11: Good morning, everyone, and... and great to have the opportunity just to, to, to talk and, and to tell a little bit about the story. Yeah, Thank God Like it's a beautiful morning, the sky is blue, it's a, it's a gorgeous gorgeous autumn morning and this morning we all wake up in Mount Temple everyone wakes up and thank God the firefighters, two of them, one kind of a bit more seriously injured than the other but two of them kind of knocked about but please God they're going to be alright and that's the main thing, Like we stood there yesterday and we all looked at this unfolding before our eyes Absolutely shaken. It's 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 a very traumatic thing just to stand there and look at this, but thinking: imagine if any one of them were caught inside. Imagine if any of them couldn't get out. Imagine if we were standing there helpless. Now, thank God. I mean, that's kind of stuff. It's the kind of stuff that leaves you shaky and very, very emotional. But thank God, as, as luck would have it, Lisa had gone off to get a cup of coffee in in town, and she realised then that there was a lot of people ringing her, and she came back out. So. You know, as John rightly pointed out, and everyone said it yesterday, you know, uh, everyone wakes up at Mount Temple this morning. We're not getting ready for a tragic event in the next, uh, a tragic mass in the next couple of days. Everything is, you know, is is as good as it could be under the circumstances. And obviously, you know, to see your whole lives, their dreams, their hard work, they slogged, the pair of them had slogged in England for a few years and gathered up a few pounds and then came back and got some land at home in the hand and... You know, the Ballycumbers and, and the Grenins kind of really gave a great lending hand and all the people that were there. And, and then obviously the Tyrrells and the Conlins and put this beautiful home together. And just to see it, you know, there's something very ironic about it. The firefighters had said, you know, it has to be knocked. It has to go. So Lisa's father, who, who was a machine driver, you know, took in his high-mack and we all stood there and he just knocked it down wall by wall, the chimney, the side walls, the door, the frames, everything. Very, very you know and the thud of this on the ground and, and the, the, the sound of this kind of reverberating across the countryside and we're looking at this and we're thinking oh my god but then on the other Bad hand John, yeah as, as John rightly pointed out you know we're all standing there looking at it the Tyrells I was talking to the Tyrells there are the Grenans there this morning they're in town they literally had their mobile phones and the clothes on their back nothing else absolutely utterly everything Uh, You know, some of them wear glasses. They're going to expect servers now to get their glasses fixed. They're on medication. They're trying to get their medication sorted out. There's no prescriptions. They're trying to get little bits for the children. They're trying to get, uh, you know, basic hygiene products, uh, basic uh, medication, uh, clothes, uh, just enough to get them through the next three or four days. Literally just the clothes on their back and two mobile phones. That's what they were left with yesterday. Um, Now, the response has just been, you know, we've seen this in other parts of the country and in other parts of the world and you read this on, you know, you, you see this on television or you hear this on local radio and, and you see uh, maybe a little family like this and they're overwhelmed or they're just bowled over or they just can't imagine the, the phenomenal response has been. And now it's happening here in Mount Temple and beyond. It goes beyond. It goes to Castle Daly and Berlin and Moat and Atlone and Ballycumber and Balnaown and all the areas around about. The response has just been phenomenal. We kind of threw together a kind of a, a, an off-the-cuff meeting last night in the chapel. I kind of walked over to the chapel hoping to meet myself, you oh know, God, if there's 10 people here now, that's mm. a great... And how many meeting. had showed up? 122. Wow. 222 people from near and far came in and very emotional, like emotional to walk in there. And for the start of the meeting, I said, we're going to bang this out for one good flat hour, tear into this. And for the first kind of 15, 20 minutes, the mood was very downbeat, very dark, very sombre, you know, obviously very grateful that there hasn't been a loss of life, but still very dark. By the time we were leaving there at 9 o'clock, God, the energy and the enthusiasm and the ideas and the, the determination and just the sheer will from from all kinds of different people and all kinds of different ideas. And, uh, you know, obviously, the, 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 the two main things really were, the first thing was, To get some little kind of cash, we need to just gather a bundle of cash as quickly as possible and just be able to hand Nigel and Lisa and their children, well look, there's a bundle of cash for the moment. That will get you the basics. Somebody said, you know, I haven't even got a toothbrush. That'll get you a toothbrush and the basics that you need. It'll get you your glasses, your reading glasses, your driving glasses. That'll get you the basics for the moment. And then second thing, on a more long term basis, just to begin to look at, you know, what do we do to try and you know, help them to make the shortfall because there's going to be a shortfall somewhere probably between 20 and 25%. And obviously, um, in the last three years, I'm not an expert in this field, but I know that the cost of putting up a home now compared to putting up a home three years ago has just,
1: you know, it's not... All oh, the cost of building materials that. has <laughs> inflated enormously, oh, yeah. especially timber, uh, steel. But again, yeah. let's not be downbeat on that. We're seeing... Already this morning, a huge surge in donations. It stands just shy of €37,000. And I'm sure a... 24 hours yeah. ago you never imagined that.
11: Not at all, not at all. And, and that's been phenomenal, and it's coming from near and far. But also, which is, is also very heartening, is that we've tradesmen ringing in. We have builder providers ringing in. We have building construction companies, roofers, electricians, plumbers, offering to say, well, look it, you know... You know, I, I might be able to work completely for free. I'll need to draw something, which is brilliant. Say, you know, once that we can put the Grenin family more or less in the situation that they were in when they opened their eyes to begin yesterday, if we can put them back there in the next 18 months to two years, that's, that's really all we want to do. So, you know, I'm appealing to anyone who can, you know, if you can give money, brilliant. Your money is deeply appreciated and thank you. If you can offer something, your service or your expertise or your wisdom or your profession, whatever you can do, you know, please get in touch with us and we'd be delighted to talk to you on on behalf of. They're they're just they're not really in a position at the moment to really engage with the world. They're just so... so by what happened. But on their behalf, we we will talk to you and we we'll, we we'll, we'll maybe draw up some kind of a, a a project for them and then hand it over to them and whatever can be done will be done. You know,
10: so.
1: And John, I presume you'll be in their corner for planning or any other administration <laughs> well, that's needed.
10: Well, well, that, that that's a that's a given, and uh, that's a given. And I think, um, uh, uh, as Sadamagaz said, I, I think look at uh, there's such goodwill out there. Um, you know, there's such goodwill out there. And, and look at, I know, look what, we haven't even gone to that stage. I just sent Lisa a message there this morning, just wishing her well, and just to let her know the people out there, and uh, you know, and. But so it is it's a certain situation. But everyone, as as Father McGrath says, everyone in Mount Temple is waking up this morning, and, and that's the main thing. So, look, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. uh, a house can be replaced, and I suppose the important thing to say is it will be replaced, and that's I think yes. the attitude we have to absolutely. have. It will be replaced.
11: Yeah, and and absolutely, and it's, it's it's very wise words from John, and it's a kind of the the, the thing that we were all echoing yesterday. You know that. We weren't standing there witnessing a serious tragedy. We were witnessing the devastation of a home and dreams and whatever. But you know, we we, we, we all wake up this morning and and we begin again and and we rally round and you know it's been a tough time for the world. Every generation, in different ways, have suffered over the last eighteen months to two years. And yesterday was a real dark day for Mount Temple and Bay Lane. It was a dark day around, dark physically even, with the smoke and the soot and the fumes around the around the whole area. But today, you know, it's such a feel-good story. It's such a lift, not just for the Grennons, but for all of us who are kind of even loosely connected to them. It's such a feel-good lift that the world and the local community and beyond has responded in such a positive, optimistic whatever we can do to reach out and to help this little family we will do. You know, it's, it's, it's a great... It's not that you lose hope in humanity this last two years. It's been a tough two years. But for me, just to see this and to be part of this and connected to this is that's a great feel-good story and a great feel-good story for the Midlands this morning.
1: Well, we've seen uh, the the greatness of human kindness brought to the fore during the pandemic in so many ways. Yeah, yeah. If anything, we were maybe a bit more impersonal before it. We wish it wasn't in these circumstances, of course. But John and Father Joe, thank you both very much for taking our calls this morning.
10: Thanks very much Well it. I appreciate it's made me the opportunity to talk. Thank you.
1: €36,650 is where the Grennan Family Support Fund stands as of now in 20 past 11 on this Friday morning, the 15th of October. And if you wish to donate and contribute, then just look them up on gofundme.com, Grenon Family Support Fund. So, let's see where we are going with our Friday panel. It's been a busy week. From... The budget. And were there any surprises? Not really. We also had a check on the building sector, where there are shortages in trades, but also in those other professions of quantity surveyors and designers. And COVID-19 back in the headlines after, thankfully, a bit of a reprieve. But the numbers are taking a wrong turn. So says the National Public Health Emergency Team. We'll be taking a look through all those stories next. And that, believe it or not, is Sting. Yes, the Englishman in New York performing Mogilla Mar. And he did not have a clue what any of the words meant. But that assembly put together, of course, uh, by the chieftains, as we remember um, what has been a very sad week in Irish music and we are conscious that being laid to rest today uh, is the late, great Paddy Maloney who guided Sting very ably through that arrangement Paddy Maloney being remembered fondly this week at the age of 83 Now, our Friday panel is next reviewing not alone the loss of one of the greats of Irish music but everything else that happened over the last seven days Next
0: Midlands today on Midlands 1A3 with Bus Erin. Get better value using the TFI Go app for the Bus Erin at Long Town Services. See transportforirelands.ie.
1: It is just after 28 minutes past 11 and it's time for me to go home because I understand my bank balance has been drained. A lady here is telling me that from Haven Pharmacy Mrs. Faulkner just entered, uh, brought out the chequebook, the credit card, the debit card. Everything. The, the butter vouchers are gone too. OK. Did she get something nice for it though? Oh, for me. Oh, I see. Excellent. Well, thank you. You've made my day. A glass of water. Oh, I'm swallowing some tablets. A bitter pill. Anyway, we are live from Haven Pharmacy, Fahis from their newly refurbished and redecorated store. And the boss man, well, one of the boss men is here. That's Liam Butler, who... Would normally be in Burr. Good morning.
12: Good morning, Will. Thanks very much for coming down today.
1: My pleasure. My pleasure. You're busy.
12: We are. Well, I, uh, we were chatting earlier. I mean, the, the roadcaster here does create quite a stir, and that's why we're here today. We're, we're launching our new store. Uh, Fahy's Pharmacy is here over 60 years, but we've done a big building project just the end of last year and, f- and this year. Um, so now was the right time to launch it coming up to Christmas. So we're delighted to have Radio 3 here.
1: Oh, our pleasure. And like I'm seeing a lot of people leaving with the makeup and the beauty products and it's just a sign the model of pharmacies has changed no longer are you just dispensing medicines
12: No, and, and Fahis would have a, a well-deserved reputation for being probably the leader in Tullamore in terms of dispensing medicines uh, and, and prescription advice and an area we would have been weak on would have been the shop floor uh, and that's why we did the, the, the extension and the refit and that's really improved now and we're delighted with sales so far so thanks very much to everybody who's coming into us
1: And you've recruited Sandy here who I, I saw on Facebook yesterday. She's, it, it, you'd swear she knew a radio presenter because her broadcasting skills are enviable, aren't they?
12: She's really, really good. No, she does know a broadcaster very well. So um, Sandy's brilliant for us. She's our front-to-shop manager, and she's done tremendously for us when she's got, got, got the job with us. So thanks very much, Sandy.
1: And I know a little bit later in the afternoon, we'll be meeting some ladies who have 40 years' experience each. I'm sure they have seen many things change, many trends over the years. Anyway, let's get down into what the panel uh, wishes to discuss because we have to introduce our other members. Breda Colgan from Salutum Advisory and Training in Tullamore. You are busy at the moment with COVID restrictions changing every couple of weeks and, of course, perhaps another change next week. Good morning.
13: Good morning. Thanks for having us, Will. Uh, Yeah, busy as ever, but it's a good busy.
1: How do you read the mood music for the 22nd?
13: Um, It's looking dodgy, unfortunately. Um, the way the numbers are going at the minute and we'll see what the next few days brings but it doesn't look uh, look good at the moment but they need to call it early you can't have businesses stocking
1: and stocking kitchens in stocking the main buyers. I suppose it's going to be the hospitality sector who need that answer are they going to yeah. fill up the fridges and so and on
13: I, their orders would be in already so th- they need to make decisions on this and, and they're obviously sitting at the coal face they're seeing the real figures they're seeing what's coming down the lines for the next three to five days so they need to call it now pretty quickly and give them a straight answer and explain why.
1: One person who's been busy through the pandemic and her team for all the wrong reasons is Anne Clark from the Awfully Domestic Violence Support Service. An unfortunate side effect of people being in lockdown. Domestic violence on the rise.
14: Yes, good morning. Well, yeah, absolutely. We have um, last year saw a 50 percent increase across all our services and this year that has actually gone up again, uh, an additional 30% up from last year. So really, um, it is a difficult time. But thankfully, you know, as we begin to uh, break down uh, the restrictions, women and men are able to come forward and get that support. So um, we're there via text and we've added two helplines. So anybody that needs that support, uh, you can find that information on our website. We'll give the number out afterwards. We will,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Okay, one of the big... Uh, discussion points this week as it is every year the budget and a kind of one for everybody in the audience budget seems to have been the prevailing verdict not a lot in it for business uh, if you have social welfare you can summarize it as about a fiver a week tax mm, a little bit couple of hundred euro a year depending on how much you're making disappointed brida or is it pretty appropriate given that we've come through a pandemic we've borrowed hand over fist we weren't really going to get much more out of it were we
13: yeah i suppose there is there is um a a good few people looking at it like that um people always like to see some little thing for them in a budget and i think that there's a lot of people got nothing in this one but um yeah we have come out through a pandemic there's always going to be national debt we kind of have to carry on regardless and they're going to have to factor it in that's their problem really not ours on a day to day and um but yeah, there was a, like, a headline on, on some of the papers yesterday that higher income earners um, increased take-home by 415. Uh, but they didn't say uh, what that was over. and That was over a year. So you don't really see that when that divides up over the year. Um, but w- look, we'll see what's in the paychecks come January. But I don't think there's any real change for anyone but any, uh, in, in, in full-time uh, reasonable income employment. There's not a lot in it for it.
1: What was your take on it, Liam? Give us a business person's perspective. Yeah,
12: I I think it was largely an unremarkable budget. Um, There wasn't an awful lot in it. But for me, the most important thing is the government have shown a little bit of restraint. I think there was a little bit of pressure on them to maybe start to have a given away budget like governments have done in the past. Uh, The mood in the country has improved. People are in better form. And I'm glad they didn't do that because we, we still have borrowed an awful lot of money over the last couple of years. Our national debt is higher. And it does have to be paid back. So I'm glad restraint is the word I would use. I think they've showed a lot of restraint.
1: And you live in Bannehill, have to travel by car a lot, living in a rural area. You must love carbon tax.
14: Oh, my God. I mean, I think I worked it out and I was going to be 10 euro better off a week. But, uh, you know, that's not that's going to be taken completely by the cost to get to work in the first place. And uh, I actually was really disappointed in this budget because they did say earlier on that it wasn't going the the overall deficit wasn't going to be as bad as they thought. I think almost 33 percent less. And I think that maybe, you know, was it a young people's vote? Were they trying to capture that? Maybe take some votes back from other parties? Um, I think 10 euro increase a week. Oh, no, actually a five increase a week on a student uh, who was getting a Susie grant. You know, I have a son in college and uh, I- he's paying over, say, 600 euro a month for student accommodation in Galway. I mean, what's, how's that going to help a student? You know, we saw in Cork, they had food banks. that They ran out of food within 24 hours. So, yeah, I They're think... They're doing they, that in Athlone as yeah, well? Yeah, so I think it's really... I think that um, they gave very little and they could have... Done a little bit more with mental health. Uh, I think domestic violence didn't factor at all, considering the amount of um, the rise acro- right across the sector and the amount of uh, people disclosing abuse. We we have no refuge here in Offaly. We have no refuge in four other counties around the Midlands, and there was absolutely no provision or nothing at all to address that shortage of support within that within that sector. Um, I think there was a slight. Um, investment in legal aid but again legal aid is very difficult because you have a lot of solicitors leaving legal aid so you have a very small minute solicitors who are actually on that panel and and very difficult to get a solicitor in the first place so yeah, I think that um, I suppose we're all quite protective of our own sectors Mm. and we'd like to see investments in those sectors But
1: rightly so, look it's an emotive issue because everything you've said there, everything you've listed is worthy of investment but as Liam says there was a pressure to perhaps go above and beyond the limits and to borrow more and if we were to look five years, ten years down the line could that bite us?
14: Um, I don't I don't, well you know I'm not an economist but I think that you know when when you know going into it they knew that there it was going to be a 33% less deficit I think they could really have addressed mental health I mean we're coming out of COVID we have young people who have serious mental health issues there's long waiting lists in the hospitals people can't access ordinary health care because of COVID in the first place and I think that you know when you spread something too fine nothing actually gets covered and that's that's the opinion I when I was looking at it, I don't really, I try and not look at it on budget day because I get so full of anxiety and frustration. I scream at the TV. I argue with my husband and say, what's wrong with them?" <laughs> and so, you know, a really frustrating uh, time. Mm, mm. And then, as breda said, you know, what is it in our pockets? A fiver a week? If that, you know, so we're we're not really impacted by any change at all, really.
1: And then promises are one thing, but delivering them is another. So When it comes to recruitment and in particular in the health service, there's a story this week of a young lady who has been in County Westmeath for five years, initially doing her studies in Athlone. Now she's living in Moat and she works as uh, an emergency department nurse, intensive care nurse, and her friends are in Australia and she feels, well, it's a better quality of life. She's packing her bags. Christmas comes, she's on a plane. So magnify that, Brida. How do we solve this brain drain from Ireland and the health service?
13: The nursing staff and the health service are on their knees. They're absolutely burnt out. They're exhausted. Um, I've seen that article, and I am on a nursing page on social media. Um, It's a support page for, for nurses and healthcare professionals. And in the last three or four days since the budget... There's been two or three posts put up by admin of different nursing staff who wrote in who can't pay for Christmas, can't afford to travel to work, literally does not have the price of the fuel, um, and they're just at the end of their tether. They have young children. They said they're, they're not spending time with them because they're working all the time, and they don't have the means at the end of the day to give them any sort of a reasonable life. They struggle to put a uniform on their backs, books in the school bag. Like That was one lady this, this week. Um, on the, the, the post that I was looking at so it's it's not just this lady here locally it's up and down the country and the HSE is hemorrhaging nurses whether they want to admit it or not if there's nurses would sooner work in Tesco's or done stores stacking shelves at the minute than work in nursing
1: And is the grass really greener on the other side?
13: Well I suppose at least you'll have a bit of sunshine in Australia you know um, so, if nothing else, yes. Th- from what I hear from some colleagues that are out there, it does. Th- the work-life balance seems to be better, mm. definitely. Um, cost of living, even though it's high in Australia, they do seem to have a w- better balanced out than we seem to have it here at the moment. I mean, I- nurses—they're essential when you want them, but when it comes to being paid, they don't rate in the same criteria at all. I mean, we did strike just before the uh, the COVID hit. And nothing really has mm. come but Nurses haven't been paid for anything out of that yet.
1: Well, Shelley, the nurse in Moat, told us on Wednesday that her rent in Moat will be the same as her rent in Sydney. Mm. Sydney, global city, and yeah. all that goes with it. No, no disrespect to Moat, but...
13: yeah. So you can imagine if it's a nurse working in Dublin, your payroll just goes to pay your rent. Liam,
1: what's Something your take on it? Because you're yeah. quite connected through pharmacy.
12: We'd often hear people talking in the pharmacy, giving out about the health service, really what they're giving out about is access to the health service. Once you get up front and you meet the personnel, you meet the doctors, you meet the nurses, the physios, we really are, we've got the best staff in the country. But I think the word that's missing from the HSE and how they look after staff is cherish. You never hear staff feeling that they're really well looked after, that they don't feel important. And, you know, as an employer myself, you've got to cherish all your staff cherish them in a different way sometimes but they do need to feel cherished and certainly I, I wouldn't blame any of those young nurses for not feeling loved not feeling cherished and are they right to go away they probably are just to try it for a while and see maybe it's not maybe it's a grass greener maybe it's not but they do not get well paid enough they don't get enough holidays the working conditions are poor um, and i think if, if you asked I did an exit poll of 20 nurses leaving the hospital here today there's probably going to be over 10 of them unhappy and that's not right um it's up to the HSE to solve that
1: we have a problem though more widely i don't want to get into macroeconomics but we've had huge inflation in house prices over more than a decade and wages certainly haven't kept pace so how do you fix that without becoming uncompetitive without voicing too much cost on business
12: Well, I think certainly when you look at the health budget, the budget is very, very good. The overall spend or the global sum is huge. Um, What we could argue about, and I wouldn't be an expert on this, is where the money is spent, how it's allocated. So I think the global sum is very, very good. And there is money there to pay professional staff, like nurses, an appropriate wage. Um, Does it have to be, not misdirected, but redirected from somewhere else? Probably, probably. but I wouldn't know enough about that. But certainly I would like to see our nurses get paid better and get better working conditions. And then we won't have this problem that people are leaving to go to Australia.
1: On our Friday panel, Liam Butler from Haven Pharmacy Butlers in Burr. He's also here today at Haven Pharmacy Fahi's in Tullamore. Breda Colgan from Salutum Advisory and Training in Tullamore. Anne Clark completes the panel from the Awfully Domestic Violence Support Service. That number, by the way, Anne, for anybody who may need it. It's uh,
14: 05793 51886, and we have a text line that we put in as well as 086
1: Average temperature around the Midlands, 11 degrees right now.
0: Whatever the weather, you're welcome back to Slater Kia Mullingar, where you can now arrive and drive or continue your online shopping experience for your new two Kia. SlaterKia.ie. Midlands 103. Midlands today on Midlands 103 with Bus Erin. Get better value using the TFI Go app for the Bus Erin at Lone Town Services. See transportforireland.ie.
1: Our panel is discussing the budget for longer than expected. We mentioned the recruitment of an additional 8,000 health staff and a question mark over whether they will be interested. Also a feature of the health budget, an extension of free GP care to children aged six and seven, extra critical care beds, 19 in total, but also a 31 million euro package for women's health that includes access to free contraception. For those aged 17 to 25 that kicking in from august talk to us about that liam
12: our pharmacy union have been calling for this for the last couple of years so we're delighted um a lot of women out there the evidence would show that there is barrier to entry in terms of getting contraception Uh, contraceptives are not cheap i mean the average one in our pharmacy is probably 12 or 13 euros it is very very difficult to get to see a gp over the last 18 months practically impossible so for younger females who are starting to become sexually active, they do find it very, very difficult to get to see a GP, and some of them cannot afford the contraceptives. And that does lead to, the evidence will show, it does lead to, um, I suppose, unexpected ple- pregnancies and unwanted pregnancies. We're not the first country to do this. A country comparable to us would be New Zealand, and I think they've brought down the pregnancies in that age group by about 20%, which is really, really good. Um, You could make a strong argument for increasing the age, uh, and and certainly I know some of the submissions that went in pre-budget were to have free contraceptives for everybody who did want them, Um, but the government have chosen this age because they're the ones who are most vulnerable. But but overall, I really support it. I think it's a great idea.
1: One of the people who would perhaps prefer a wider age band is Anne Clark, and you again have that background with Offaly Domestic Violence Support Service. Why do you think they should widen the eligibility?
14: Well, we, you know, in our, our statistically, would show that women who, the prevalence of domestic violence would be certainly between twenty-five and forty, forty-five, uh, would be at higher risk of domestic violence, and um, sexual coercion or, co- or coercion, you know, over contraception choices uh, may be present in that relationship and where a woman may be forced to have several children one after the other and um, you know also present would be financial abuse so therefore that woman you know if it was made available and free to her she could go in unknowingly to the perpetrator get her a mm. contraceptive pill and be taking that so that she's not having multiple pregnancies because we know multiple pregnancies uh, is a way to control the woman to isolate her, you know, make her stop going out to work, um, you know, did make it very difficult for her to leave. So by making that contraceptive pill available to everybody uh, that's sexually active or, you know, that's obviously mm. not going into a menopausal state um that's what we would call for and and it, it doesn't just stop at uh, making contraceptive pill available we, we you know we're advocating for a long time for uh, in regards to period poverty you know we're, we're looking for i mean if you were to buy a, a box of tampax the, the amount of tax on tampax and because it's seen as a luxury item and you ask any woman here is your period a luxury uh, you know thing you like to go through it, once yes. a week mm. I mean you guys you deal with the PMT so you know we we look at period poverty we look at you know taking the tax off tampons you know making tampons and and sanitary towels freely available to women because these are not luxury things and and it, so it's not just about looking at the making contraceptive pill available it's about overall women's health and, and making things accessible to women
1: what's your take on it Breda?
13: yeah no I definitely support the move Um Again, would support if it w- was extended a bit more, um, to to wider age group. But um, overall, yeah, definitely. It again, as Anne said, it needs to be supported with uh, sanitary items. We're seeing a big push in all the colleges now to support, and a lot of uh, I think restaurants, nightclubs are starting to to go along the same route and and support of putting up uh, boxes in 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 the toilets and that. But um, yeah, I think. There is still, I suppose, working in primary care for years, I have found where there's younger people uh, need access to the contraceptive pill as well, maybe not even for contraceptive reasons, but for other medical reasons, Um, and I certainly, I've encountered families where you find a mum not filling her own prescription because she's to pay for this for for a daughter or two, Um, so... I know there's a grey area in younger people, but there is also a need there as well. So some discretion there that the GPs would have to be able to get access to it on a more widespread basis for their patients.
1: I'm mindful this issue, like many of the others we've talked about, can be stressful. And indeed, we've mentioned uh, COVID-19, the easing of restrictions and the effect the lockdown has had on many people. So let's take a pause for the Mental Health Minute
0: the mental health minute from midlands 183 and the hse
1: okay we need to talk about something okay i
9: mean we need to talk about being okay because as restrictions begin to ease it's okay to feel a bit anxious you want to see your friends you just don't want to touch any of them and that's okay just tell them they're your friends they'll get it everyone gets it and it's okay to take things slowly we're all still learning to live with COVID and everyone's experience of that will be different. In fact, your experience might be permanently different. It's okay if you decide to maybe not go back to your exact old routine. Take time to readjust and be patient with yourself and others you care about. Because it's always okay to ask for help.
0: Whatever you're going through, you can always find trusted information on mental health supports and services at yourmentalhealth.ie or through the 24-hour Your Mental Health Information Line, 1-800-111-888. Okay. The Feel Good Friday Roadshow on Midlands 183. Live from the relaunch of the all-new revamped Haven Pharmacy Fahis on Patrick Street in Tullamore. Stocking Shearer Designer Jewellery, augam Essential Oils and Diffusers, Revive Active Supplements, Beabelle Tanning and more. Find Haven Pharmacy Fahis on Facebook. Midlands
1: 103. On our Friday panel today, Brida Colgan from Salutum Advisory and Training in Tullamore. Liam Butler from Haven Pharmacy Butlers in Burr and also Haven Pharmacy Fahy's here on Patrick Street in Tullamore. And a lady who might be able to solve a mystery for us because this week we discovered through the Top Blade Steakhouse in Belfast how a lady sitting at table 17 on Sunday night decided to leave behind a present. A pair of knickers, which, by the way, wore binned uh, along with the menu on which they were left. But the uh, restaurant got quite a bit of publicity out of this because they were trying to track down the owner. And I understand Anne Clark is on her way to Belfast this weekend. Coincidence?
14: <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I don't know how I feel about this story. You know, you can see the opportunity was there. You know, I'm a marketing graduate by trade really and you can see that was a great one to make some money raise the profile have a bit of fun but then I avoid it, the question uh, and the, yeah and <laughs> yeah and then you see the comments that were coming up on Facebook they were really derogatory towards women and um, so I kind of am a, a bit torn yeah but I am I I'll source out that steakhouse for you and I'll, I you know I might leave them a little present of my own really, really? Oh, yeah really? I might <laughs> do that yeah
1: yeah have you ever done anything like that in a restaurant I couldn't tell you that.
14: (laughs) You didn't see that question coming? I couldn't tell you that. There could be um, one or two restaurants in Galway that might be looking for me, but I couldn't really confirm or deny that. Be the fifth.
1: Yes, exactly. Your lack of denial tells us everything we need to know.
14: I do hope my husband's not listening to that one. (laughs)
1: Liam, has anybody left behind knickers in the pharmacy ever?
12: Never, I, I've, I've 30 years experience in community pharmacy, pharmacies up and down the country, different countries, never ever had that. Um, Are you disappointed? I'm not particularly disappointed <laughs> at all. I suppose our age demographic for a lot of pharmacies would be over 60s, so I didn't actually see this pair, but I presume they were kind of a fancy pair maybe. Uh, um, yes,
1: black and a thong. Yes. Okay, mm. yes, so.
12: Most most people coming into community pharmacies or wouldn't be wearing those, I'd imagine.
1: We're getting into dangerous territory here, Brida, aren't right. we? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Do you, do you wish to take this one at all now?
13: No, no, I'm going to leave it with the other two.
1: <laughs> You're not going to tell us about your dining habits.
13: Sorry. They don't include uh, leaving any knickers anywhere. Anyway, <laughs> safe enough on that one. <laughs>
1: Alright, guys, it's been fabulous having you on the panel and uh, thank you very much for your time. Just, I want to be on a serious note because unfortunately there are people who suffer domestic violence and they do so in silence often and if they need to reach out, Anne, how do they do so?
14: Um, just our helpline number is 05793 and our text line number is 86 41 But if I could just say very quickly, um, on all our social media platforms, we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can send us a DM. But we're also having free training for hairdressers, beauticians, and barbers uh, next Monday morning uh, via Zoom. And the information is on all those different platforms. If there's any hairdressers listening that would like to take part, it's free. And it's really just to help hairdressers be able Have to identify red flags. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. I just want to plug that little one.
1: That's Anne Clark of odvss.ie. Rita Colgan was here as well from Salutum Advisory and Training in Tullamore. And the final word goes to Liam Butler, who's having a great celebration here at Haven Pharmacy Fahy's today.
12: Just before I went, I just wanted to pay a tribute to all our staff that work with us here in Haven Pharmacy Fahy's. We're really, really lucky. We have a super staff, pharmacists, technicians, OTC medicine sales, cosmetic sales. So I just want to say a big thank you to them.
1: Well, a great day is being enjoyed by all. You're giving away so much stuff. I don't know how you're going to fill the bank account afterwards, but it's not over yet. Another three hours to come because Carl James will be live on the afternoon show. I know how he is filling the bank account. (laughs) Mrs. Faulkner's standing there with a big bag full of stuff. Right. If my heart can withstand what I'm about to discover, I'll talk to you Monday morning from nine. Take care. Bye-bye.